Once I voted, I felt like I did my part. What's up, everybody? Ty Rivera here, the absolute best LGBTQ comedian in the world. Before we get started, make sure you hit the like button, comment when I get on your nerves, and subscribe so you know the next time I'll be getting on your nerves. Welcome to yet another episode of Unbothered by Ty Rivera. That's right, it's Unbothered by Ty Rivera. Snoopy Bijou is currently enjoying a Whimsy's Alligator. Whimsy's Alligator's never-to-be-sponsor of Unbothered by Ty Rivera. Technically, probably more likely to send a cease and desist at some point to Unbothered by Ty Rivera to stop mentioning their product on my podcast. But link's going to be below if you guys want to buy some. I must tell you, I actually do use an Amazon link for that that gives me a little bit of money. Whatever. It's all it's all so complicated. It's all it's all a lot. It's it's too much. But whatever. It is what it is. We're getting to the part of voting season where people really start getting hateful with each other. And this is the part I don't like about what's happened with our election system is people are so ugly with each other and I just don't understand it. I just don't get why people can't just accept that you vote the way you vote, I vote the way I vote, and we don't have to argue about it. There's nothing to fight about, boo-boo. I've been voting for Donald Trump since 2016. I'm a day one hoe. I'm not gonna all of a sudden switch it up because you're mad on Facebook. Besides, who are you anyway? Why do I care so much about your opinion like that? Yeah, I appreciate you watching if you're watching for the right reasons. I know some people hate watch me, which I don't mind that either. Thanks for the view, the one person that keeps giving me that I still appreciate you taking the time out of your no life day to watch and not enjoy what it is I do. Get lives. That's that's all I can say to those people is just find better ways to occupy your time. Here at Casa de Bijou, we've been doing really well though. Things have been really fun. I've been putting out a lot of content. I'm going to continue to. I'm a week and a half into being sober and I put the sober in quotes because I am completely sober. My skin looks a lot better if you can tell and it's not just the mask I've been using. This is from being sober, having a lot of water, working out the way I'm supposed to work out. But I... <sighs> put the sober in quotes because I'm not one of those people where if I were to do something it would be like me falling off the wagon or I had this intention of being sober for the rest of my life. I'm going to be sober for as long as I need to be productive. I've committed to until Halloween but that's just because I'm working out a lot and when I am smoking weed I eat a bunch of stuff that I shouldn't be eating and I want to really do what I'm doing with my body right now and also I'm putting out so much content right now that I really need all of my faculties to be able to do everything the way that I need to do it. That's the long and the short of it when it comes to that part of it because there's a lot of editing, posting, editing different length clips so that I can advertise what I'm doing and it's it's a lot and so I have to pay attention to it. Like I said, I don't want to be on the road so... If I don't want to be on the road, then I have to work extra hard here at home because I am a very firm believer in nothing's going to just fall in my lap. That's just not the way life works for me, maybe for some people. And kind of it does work that way for me, but it's always been a result of me putting in a lot of work and then things fall in my lap from the work. So it's like 
bearing the fruits later. And so, you know, uh, having a plan without putting it into action does you no good at all, or that's the way I see it. So I've really got to make sure that I'm diligent about everything. I've got to make sure that I'm posting at somewhat consistent times, which I try to do. Last night I had a problem because a friend of mine that's really well-versed in shooting things, recording, like he's got a lot of high-end equipment, told me that I should do my stuff in 4K because YouTube does better with 4K or, you know, that's what they'll recommend in, in the suggested or the algorithm likes 4K better. I don't remember his exact phrasing, but whatever. YouTube is just going to have to like what I'm doing and let it grow that way or I'm just going to have to do it organically because I tried to do 4K and I recorded an entire video in 4K. Luckily, it was only like a 12-minute, 12 12-and-a-half-minute, 12 and... It was taking forever to load onto my computer because I use AirDrop and it was taking forever and it was just killing me. I was just like, why is this taking so long? I don't have this kind of time because I really don't mind putting the work into this. But when it comes to it's going to take a couple hours for it to load onto my computer and then it's going to be another couple hours for it to load onto YouTube because I was hearing that it could take between three and six hours for it to load onto YouTube. And I was just like, yeah, I really don't want to waste my life like that. I don't. I don't mind working hard, like I said, but I believe in working smart, not working hard. Uh, not that kind of working hard. So I went ahead and screen recorded it because at first I thought I'm just going to have to scrap this whole video. And I was so disappointed. And I have to admit, I was mad at my friend. I was just like, ugh, I don't know why you suggested that to me. And I sent him a text message letting him know that I was more than a little bit annoyed. Luckily, he responded to it the way that he should have responded to it, which was just, I'm sorry, I thought, you know. And it's like, yeah, next time, don't think. Which, I don't talk to people like that, so I didn't, well, sometimes I talk to people like that. But last night, I didn't feel like talking to him like that. So I didn't say it that way. I just was like, in the future... If you're going to tell somebody to do that, make sure that they know that it's going to take extra long. Also, I was told the editing is a nightmare when you use 4K, which I hadn't even got to the editing part because I was waiting forever for it to upload. And I got discouraged and I just went ahead and scrapped the idea. And then I left for a little bit because I've been hooking up with this guy that's staying at a hotel up the street, which that's not going to happen anymore. You know, he's here until Friday, but... I'm not going to hook up with him again. I get bored really fast when it comes to that kind of stuff. That's why I have these mini relationships with people is in a lot of cases, if I have something where I feel something for you, even if it's a little something, then I can continue to hook up with you. But if I feel no connection at all, then I will hook up with you once, twice at the max because that's what's exciting for me is seeing a stranger naked that does something for me being you know hooking up with the stranger but then anything over two times starts to feel like relationship sex without the relationship and i feel like if that's what we're at then i might as well just mess with strangers because that's going to be more fun and you know i've started to think more and more about how this is all going to play out when i one day meet my perfect person but i also feel like if I'm my perfect person, then do I really care about meeting the perfect person externally? I don't think that that's a thing. And I think if the perfect person ever does come along for me, 
then they'll be willing to accept me the way that I am because I sometimes have people ask me questions like that. And I know that they're not trying to shade me and I know they're they're not trying to be rude with me. It's just they're more in line with traditional thinking and you're supposed to settle down with somebody that's still somewhat virtuous, I guess you could say. But I, I'm not that and I'm not going to be that. Uh, you can't unring a bell and I just am what I am. So... Either one day I meet somebody that really understands that and accepts that because I'm the same way myself. I don't ask anybody to be a virgin or close to it. I'm not looking for purity when it comes to what your sexual history is. Just that's never been a thing for me. Or no, that's a lie. When I was younger, that was a thing for me. But if a lot of people don't really know gay culture when it comes down to actual gay culture, people think of gay more like what they see on TV, Will and Grace, that kind of stuff. In gay culture right now, everybody's just hooking up with everybody. It's just the way it works. And nobody, I don't know where you would even find a gay virgin at this point. And people are coming out younger and younger. So they're messing around with a bunch of guys at younger and younger ages. Like you hook up with a 20 year old. They've already been with a million people. So what are you looking for? And me, I don't want to date anybody that's in their 20s. I did that with my ex and that was okay, but there were even points when we were at our best where I just felt like this isn't going to last. You know, he's much younger than I am. And I used to think about that with Demi Moore and Ashton Kutcher when everybody was talking about what a love story it was. And it was like, yeah, this is cute, but it's not going to last. And I ended up being right on the Demi Moore and Ashton Kutcher situation. They lasted a couple of years and then they ended up parting ways. She went crazy because it forced her to face her mortality and the fact that she was getting older. She had always been a sex symbol. I think she's still a beautiful woman. And when she hooked up with him, I thought she was a beautiful woman. But there's just uh, if you're young, because I used to be in that position myself. I used to date older guys when I was young. And there's always a point where you wake up and you realize that you're dating somebody that's much older than you. And sometimes that'll just be seeing their crow's feet early in the morning or noticing blue veins or whatever. Luckily, I don't have blue veins yet. But, you know, it's and that's something I'm comfortable with. Like, I'm comfortable with the fact that I'm getting older. That's not something I have an issue with. So it's not like my thing where it's like I feel like I'm not good enough because I just feel like if I hook up with somebody that's like uh, my ex, the beast, uh, when I was with him, he was older than I was. And because I'm not a young guy anymore, I was completely comfortable with that and I know what comes with it. So when he would... When I would notice certain things like that that would have bothered me maybe when I was younger, now they mean nothing to me. It doesn't matter. But young people should be with young people, in my opinion. And I'm looking for somebody that's, when I settle down, will be more age appropriate. I'm not looking for somebody that's going to be some young kid that I have to mold or fix or any of that stuff. I just want to work on me is what I, like number one is work on me. Because I spent a lot of years focusing on a lot of different things when it comes to stand up, when it comes to my past relationships, 
just working on a lot of things that were to do with me, but they weren't me. And I don't mean just going to the gym because I've been doing that for a long time, but working on the mental part of me, working on the emotional part of me, working on the somewhat codependent side of me, which I'd like to pretend isn't there, but it kind of is. And if you've ever talked with me, if you've ever dealt with me, like when it comes to being my friend, then you know that that's there a bit. Obviously, it's there a bit. That's why I get into these mini relationships. But then there's also just the fact that I'm a fun person. So I'm willing to go with life. And that's how I ended up being a stand-up comic in the first place was I'm one of those people that's just willing to try stuff out. And one of the things people like about me, whether it's friends or people I date, is that I am always down to do something new. I will always check something out, except for karaoke. I'm not a good singer, and I'm not going to be a good singer. I haven't ruled it out completely. One day I'll do it, and I'll end up crying like Cameron Diaz on My Best Friend's Wedding, I think was the name of that movie. So I'll end up doing that, you know, at some point in my life. But, I'm, you know, I am a person who's down to try a lot of things, and experience things so it is what it is and I'm going to continue to have fun in life but at the same time I feel like when it comes to a relationship I'm not going to try to be in a relationship I'm just going to work on being me and make me be what I actually want to be and once I'm completely where I want to be which might not ever happen you know we're always growing we're always evolving that's why I don't understand these people that are so set in what they think everything's supposed to be and what they think I'm supposed to be and you're supposed to be. And it's like, how do you feel this way? Because I feel like I've lived a pretty good life and I feel like I've seen a lot of different sides of people and I know that I've traveled a lot and I know that I've met a lot of different types of people and not just in a romantic way, but just people in general. I've met a lot of different types of people and I feel like... I don't ever want to stop growing and I don't ever want to stop learning. And I don't ever want to get to a point where I feel like I can tell everybody else what they're supposed to be doing. And that's why I'm very careful. If you notice, because I notice in my editing and sometimes I'll try to edit it out, but sometimes I'll leave it in because I think it's important is if you notice in some of my videos, I say for me a lot, like a lot, a lot, but I, We'll leave it there at different points because I think it's very important for me to drive that home that when I'm talking in most cases, I'm talking about for me. I'm not saying you should live like this. I'm not saying everybody should think this way. I'm saying for me and I really try to drive that home for people. It's the reason when I have friends that I hang out with that they'll tell me absolutely anything. I get so much stuff dropped on me by my friends and I pretend that I hate people or whatever and it's not really pretending. I genuinely hate a lot of people or hate's a very strong word. I'm very apathetic towards a lot of people. I don't. I can't be bothered. It's called unbothered for a reason, but I don't care about a lot of people's issues. I don't want to hear them. I, none of that. But when I have friends and I'm close with them, because I'm so non-judgmental, my friends drop all sorts of stuff on me. I I get told stuff that I don't think they tell their priest. Most of my friends don't have a priest, but it's it's an expression and you know what I'm saying. So 
I get so much stuff dropped on me because everybody knows that I'm non-judgmental. Everybody knows that I'll just roll with it. You can tell me your deepest, darkest secrets. And I am not a person, I will not tell anybody. I will not share that with anybody. That's the other thing that happens to me is people have told me so many things. But the other good part about me is everybody knows I have a terrible memory. So <laughs> people tell me like the worst stuff and then I forget it. And then they're like, remember I told you that? And I'm like, no, but I know it now in our conversation. So Let's just have this conversation now and then in a couple of weeks I'll forget it again. So your secrets are safe with me, but mainly because I won't remember them. And then there's me not being judgmental, but that's because I really don't care what you're doing because I have my own stuff going and I've never been a perfect person. I talk about cancel culture a, a little bit. And I'm not one of those people that wants to drive at home for people all the time. I'm just very clear about my feelings on cancel culture because I don't feel like knowing my entire life because, yeah, I forget a lot of things, but I remember the major, the high points and the low points of my own life and my own personal growth. And I don't feel like with everything I've experienced, and everything that I've done or had done to me or just in general. And I'm not talking sexual right now. So if you're thinking that way, I'm not, it's not where my mind is right now. Um, but when I think about everything to do with my life, I feel like I'm not really a good person to look at people and judge them because I've done so many things in my life that other people could judge me for. And mostly I talk about them on stage. A lot of them I talk about on stage. There's a few things that I don't talk about on stage. And it's not because they're secrets. I always tell people, I don't have secrets. I have stuff I haven't told you yet. And that's really what it is. And it's not for any other reason. But just I do stand up and I have an obligation, at least when I'm on stage, to make things funny which is where people get confused too because there's people that think that I'm supposed to be funny all the time like even my personal life and it's like no that's not the way it works I'm not just trying to be silly all the time on my podcast this I try to level with you guys and I try to give you guys a better understanding of the person that I am so you understand the things that I say in my videos so you understand the things that I say if you see me on stage like that's the reason I do my podcast is just to give people a better idea. And also because I think because I'm such a flawed person and I own that, I think the people that listen to me and watch me can gain something from that and maybe be a little easier on themselves because I know people are so hard on themselves. And I can get hard on myself too sometimes, but people sometimes are so hard on themselves and I just feel like why do you do that to yourself because I am looking at you I am talking to you I know you and I know you're a good person so why are you stressing yourself out about these little things that don't matter in the grand scheme of things if I look at you and even if you were to tell me you murdered somebody when you were younger and I know that's an extreme example 
But if I know you today and you're a great person, you've been a great person the whole time I've known you and you are compassionate and I and not the fake compassionate because anybody can do that. That's what happens all over the Internet. And it's why I don't really trust a lot of people and I don't like a lot of people because a lot of people are pretending to be something they're not. But if I genuinely feel that off of you, not from what you're telling me, but from me feeling it from not just things you say but your actions, and you were to say something like, when I was 15, I murdered somebody. I would just be like, well, that's not the person I know. So if you want to share with me about it because it helps you get it off your chest and you'd rather talk to me than a therapist or you don't want to risk going to jail by just telling some rando, then I guess drop it here. I'll I'll listen to it. But all I know is that at the end of the day, the person I'm dealing with right now is a good person and that's all I'm thinking about is the person you are. I'm not thinking about the person you were. When it comes to cancel culture, it's so unforgiving and I just don't live that way. I grew up with elders in my family, not my parents, but elders in my family that were in abusive relationships. And that's another thing that we as a society, as a culture have evolved from. And it does people a huge disservice to completely discount that, you have to remember we came from cavemen. So we came from people, men, that would club women over the head and do who knows what with them. I think we all have an idea of the kind of stuff they would do with them, but women would get clubbed over the head. That's what we come from is cavemen. So we've evolved, we've evolved, and yeah, at this point, we should all have evolved to a certain point, but there's also a lot of people are dealing with the toxic situations that they grew up in. And so they're at a different starting point. You know, if you came from an upper class family that was very civilized and therapized for a better term and really in touch with that side of themselves and you grew up with healthy ways to look at things and with healthy role modeling, then you're in one position. But if you're a person that, say, grew up in a trailer park and your mom used to beat your dad or your dad used to beat your mom because I'm equal opportunity and either way could happen. I've seen both in my life. Um, like I said, not my parents, though. They would argue. They would definitely get down in the verbals, but they would not uh, an abusive relationship. Every once in a while, my mom would throw a dish or something like that, but good luck canceling her. She's a housewife. She doesn't care what you think. My dad isn't going to drop her. You can, you can tweet about her if you want to. She doesn't even have a Twitter or Facebook, so it's not like she would ever know that you were tweeting cancel Ty Rivera's mom. And... <laughs> If she were to hear that I said this, she would hit me. So I don't think she's remorseful. <laughs> I don't think she's suddenly going to change is what I'm getting at. But when I was younger and now since they're both so much older, they've settled into being friends. And that doesn't mean that they don't get into it every once in a while. But it's a different situation than when I was young. So when people are at different starting points, I think that that's something that we have to take into account. And I'm not saying forgive it and I'm not saying excuse it if it's happening right now. But I'm saying if somebody says this is what I'm growing from, well, that's how people evolve. And that's when you encourage people. That's when you let people know. I meet so many people that are so flawed in those ways. 
And I just tell them, it matters what you do from right now forward. That's the most important thing. Not what you were, what you're doing from this point forward. If you were in an abusive relationship and you were the abuser, and this would go for male or female if I was talking to somebody, you promise yourself and stick to it that from this day forward, you're not going to be that person anymore. And you make sure that you're not that person anymore. That's all you can do is just be better from this point forward. Because otherwise, what's the alternative? A person commit suicide or hide in a cave for the rest of their life or until society and cancel culture decides that you're worthy again? Well, not everybody wants to rely on other people to be worthy. So today is the new day and that's what you start and that's what you do. I have to start a new day quite a bit. I tell people all the time when people ask for my advice on certain things like diet, exercise, which I know is completely different from what we're talking about. But in this, at the same time for me, it's all the same because it's all change and it's all getting better and it's all how you evolve. So when it comes to me with diet and exercise, I've had so many times where I've not stuck to my diet. Last night, I even drank some pineapple juice, and technically, I'm not supposed to have that. I just have it left over from cheat day because I didn't finish the whole thing because I went and bought soda, which then later on when I bought the soda, I was like, why'd you buy soda when you had a pineapple juice? And I was like, because you have a terrible memory and you forgot you had pineapple juice. It wasn't even until I opened the refrigerator that I remembered that I had pineapple juice, and I just bought it earlier that same day. That's the good part about having a bad memory. Uh, and I know I know that I should probably be worried about this because maybe it's the early onset of senility and I'm going to go full on Biden one day. But the good part about having a bad memory is I forget that I have things and then I get to be excited about them all over again. So it's like I surprise myself. I forgot that I bought shoes. I bought shoes well before the shutdown. I, what is We're going on a year now that I've had these shoes because it had to be. Yeah, it, it, it might even be a year that I've had these shoes. And I've always wanted these. They're Nike Cortez. And I had them planned for this particular outfit. And it was too cold for that outfit. But they were on sale. And Nike Cortez have been around forever. You know, if you're not familiar, maybe I'll put, a, you know, a picture for you to see what Nike Cortez are. But they've been around forever. They're a classic shoe. They're never going to go out of style. So when I saw them on sale and I was already buying shoes, I was like, I have to have these shoes. And so I bought the shoes. And then I, like I said, it was too cold for the outfit that I was going to wear. And there was one outfit that I wanted to introduce these shoes with. Of course, I'm going to wear them forever after that. They're just going to be one of my pairs of shoes. But there was one outfit that I wanted to premiere them with. I never had Nike Cortez before. And they've been a shoe forever, you know, like a popular shoe forever since I was a kid. And so I didn't get to wear the outfit. And I've just been having those shoes in my closet and I forgot about them completely. And then one day I looked and I was like, what is that box about? There's a Nike box. And then I was like, oh yeah, my Cortez. Another time where it worked against me was I had these blue Lacoste shoes and I bought them. I think I was at the Lacoste store in Beverly Hills when I originally bought them. But I could be wrong on that. that. I could have bought them somewhere else. But I know that the second time I saw these shoes, 
I was definitely at the Lacoste store in Beverly Hills. And and I wasn't always in Beverly Hills like that. I just happened to be in Beverly Hills because I can't remember because I used to get my eyebrows done there. I used to get my eyebrows done at a place called Damone Roberts, which Damone Roberts has worked on a lot of celebrities. He's done Oprah. He's done Brandy. He's done a lot of people. Before that, I went to Anastasia Beverly Hills, but only once and then bounced. And it was because she had too long of a waiting list. But with Damone, I could get in better. And I never went to Damone himself. And that was just because his schedule was ridiculous. My girl was Marina. This all has nothing to do with anything. It's just me telling you guys my history with my eyebrows, which aren't done right now. A lot of times I filled them in. I was doing the NYX micro brow pencil. <sighs> I don't like that so much. For a long time, I did eyebrow powder, and I'm going to go back to eyebrow powder. Again, unnecessary that we're even talking about this. My point is... I went to the Lacoste store in Beverly Hills after having my eyebrows done and I was so in love with these shoes that I bought them and then I get home and I notice another Lacoste box which didn't seem off to me at that time because technically I had a couple pairs of Lacoste shoes and I opened up the box and it was the exact same shoes I just bought. And I'm not frivolous like that. So I wasn't just going to keep the shoes. I actually had to go back to the Lacoste store in Beverly Hills like an asshole and return the shoes. So it was annoying because Beverly Hills, if you're familiar with L.A., isn't on the way to anywhere. I lived in Hollywood at that time. I lived right down from the Hollywood sign on Franklin. I was like... uh no, Franklin and Beachwood was where I was. So it's Beachwood Canyon, like right before you go into the canyon and stuff. So it's right there. And so <sighs> such a pain in the ass, which a lot of people, when I tell them where I lived in L.A. at that time, think that I was spending some ridiculous amount of money on rent. And at that time, I was spending under $600 a month. I had my own parking space. I had my own bedroom. It was a regular-sized bedroom. I had the best situation ever because if you know, parking in L.A. is ridiculous. It doesn't matter what area you're in. And now here I am on Franklin and Beachwood right down from the Hollywood sign living in this great spot that's really quiet. I had two roommates. But that's how I got through living in a lot of L.A. When people asked me about L.A., there were very few times that I paid full rent when I was living in LA. There were very few times when I had to, like one place I lived, it was a nice house that a friend of mine ended up moving into. And originally when I moved in with this friend who I met through church, he had told me that he had a den and he lived in Glendale and that if I wanted to, I could rent it for him from him for like $200 a month. And so... It was just a small den. It was upstairs and I would sleep on the floor. It was just a tiny, tiny space. And I lived there with him for probably about a year. And then he decided to buy a house. And when he bought this house, it was a two-bedroom house. He had it completely renovated. It was a tiny house. This is how ridiculous L.A. is. He paid $420,000 for this tiny house. It was really ugly. I was going to say it was really cute. He made it really cute. And so what happened was he bought this house, 
while we were still living in the spot in Glendale, he completely had this house renovated. And that, I think he put $50,000 worth of, no, it was $25,000 worth of renovations into it. But it really worked out to be 50000 because he approved loans for people's homes. And so since he did that for a living, the contractor that he worked through or worked with uh, had made him a deal where he was like, okay, if you get your house done through me, I will give you double what you pay for. And then you just recommend me to anybody that you're selling a house to that wants to have renovations done to their house. And so that was the agreement they had and that's what they did. And uh, I ended up moving into this house with him and he kept my rent at $200 a month. But because of the way this house looked when he was done with it, and he really renovated it. It was a beautiful, beautiful house by the time he was done with it. Still, two-bedroom house, but really beautiful. And my friends all thought I was living this bougie lifestyle, but didn't realize that I was only paying $200 a month to live there. And then eventually... I ended up feeling bad because I was only paying $200 a month. And that's when I started like working a lot in stand up. And so, you know, um, I was able to bump it up to $300 a month. I think I gave him $325 at the most at one point, you know, that was like my regular rent. And I had made it that cause he was completely willing to just keep me living there for $200 a month. And so I would pay him $325 a month to live in this really great place. Eventually, he got mad at me for some jokes I did. And one day we'll talk about that story. But they weren't derogatory as far as I went. But he was just too tender. It was after... It was in 2008 after Obama became president. And I remember that because he was so caught up on the Prop 8. You know, he was so... Cause the wording on Prop 8 was no if you approved because Prop 8 in California, if you're not familiar, was the gay marriage initiative or the initiative to stop gay marriage was technically what it was. And the Mormons had done some really great things with lobbyists, which when I say really great things, really smart things on their part. I don't mean that they're that I agree with them. I just mean that they did some really smart stuff in the way that. They had lobbyists make it so if you voted yes on Prop 8, that meant you were saying no to gay marriage. If you voted no on Prop 8, that meant that you were cool with gay marriage or you were pro-gay marriage. And so because of the wording, people were confused and he was really big on that and that cost us a lot of votes and it ended up being where gay marriage was not legal in California at that point and it really wrecked him and I as a person of color was just excited that Obama got in and one day I'll really go into that whole Obama situation or maybe today's that day. Let's see how this turns out. But he was really excited about that and I were really upset about that and I was really excited because as a person of color we were always told that there would never be a black president there would never be anything but a white president was what I was raised believing and so when we got a black president we even had an opportunity to have a black president I was really excited about that and I really wasn't thinking about too much outside of that at the time I was much younger I was just thinking about you know the fact that we we're gonna have a black president and how great that was gonna be to have somebody that's maybe 
maybe a little closer to my skin color. Well, hell, even past my skin color, darker than my skin color. Even though Obama might be lighter than me when I tan, I don't know what the deal is. I've never done a swatch with Obama, okay? Me and Obama have never went to buy foundation together. So I don't know who's darker. I don't know who's lighter. I don't know the difference in our hue. But I was excited to see a person of color actually getting the opportunity to be president. So I really, really pushed for Obama to become president. The same way I pushed for Trump to be president now or to remain president or to be president in 2016 is the same way that I gave the push for Obama. When I'm for somebody, I'm for them. Me and comedian Bruce Jingles even had the if you're not for Obama, then fuck yo mama campaign. And it was fun, fun, fun to make sure people knew that you were supposed to vote for Obama. And my roommate was working on the gay marriage thing. I tried to help him with some advice. He wasn't willing to take it. So I was like, mm, let you do what you do. Uh, I'm not really worried about that. I need a person of color to get in this White House is what I need. So when Obama became president, I was just so excited and so happy. Then Prop 8 ended up getting passed, so gays weren't allowed to get married. And all the gays were wrecked, including my roommate, which made it hard because, you know, you're ready to celebrate and he's down in the dumps. And it's like, mm, can you buck up a little, Mary? It's not that big a deal. But you can't really say that when somebody's going through it the way he was. And so I got tired of him because it was like, can I just celebrate the fact that we just got a person of color in the White House? Can I just be happy about that? Can I do I have to immediately go into bummed out mode and now I feel victimized as a gay man? And then white gays were pushing gay as the new black, which was an actual campaign that was started where they were really pushing the gay as the new black and black people were like, no, it's really not. It, it, you, we got a president. That doesn't mean racism completely disappeared. So that made the black community mad at the gay community for a minute there because the gay community really tried to push it for a second. And then they realized this probably isn't the best strategy. And we probably are pissing a lot of people off. And my roommate was one of those people that tried to, at a point, compare it to the original civil rights movement. And I wrote a joke about that. And I wrote a joke about one day I got tired of him. And it was really because at the time I had a bit of a Karen hairstyle. That was before it was the Karen hairstyle. That's when it was the uh, John and Kate plus eight. So it was the Kate Goslin. That's what it was. If you the the Karen hairstyle has been a lot of things for a lot of different people. It's run a lot of different demographics before it stopped on the Karen. Now I think it's just the Karen forever. But it was the Kate Goslin style. Then it became the Adam Lambert style. It went through a lot of different incarnations or a lot of different names for the, the what has settled on the Karen hairstyle. But I had a Karen and I had to flat iron it all the time. And so it was hot and I was flat ironing my hair. And if you flat iron your hair or you curl your hair, you know, your arms get sore from being over your head and you're, and he was talking about gay marriage and I just finally got tired of him. And I was like, nobody wants to marry you anyway. And I wasn't trying to be mean and it wasn't a statement on his looks or any of that stuff, even though I know he took it that way. But 
for me, it was just like a point of why are you so wrecked about gay marriage and all you've been talking about for the last couple of months is gay marriage when nobody wants to marry you? Why is it the people that are fighting the hardest for gay marriage right now are people that nobody wants to marry? And so I did a joke about it and the joke was amazing. And then I did a joke about the protests and the marches and how they were just having them in, you know, the gayest place in the world like West Hollywood. Broadway and Long Beach like they're not the trouble spots and all you're doing is messing up traffic for the people that are already on your side you know and then there were gay people that were mad about the fact that prop 2 I believe what was got passed and that was you know so then they started this chickens uh, have more rights than I do and it's like leave the goddamn chickens alone and I did a whole joke about that and it was this really amazing and I'm glad I at least remembered as much as I just did for you guys but it was uh, and I'm not being like full of myself like it was amazing like you know that kind of thing but I'm just a good writer and a good comic so I'm not gonna pretend that that joke wasn't that joke did a lot for me but it hurt his feelings. And then other people in the gay community got mad at me about this joke because they were saying that it was anti-gay marriage. And it's like, this joke isn't even anti-gay marriage. Technically, it was anti my roommate's attitude at the time. It was anti the fact that gay people are so entitled that they think that chickens, because that Prop 2 or whatever I was talking about, it was either Prop 2 or Prop 1. I can't remember what it was. But it was just making sure that chickens were able Farm animals, not even just chickens, farm animals were able to fully turn around, fully extend their limbs. Like it was making sure that they at least had that much room in their cages. So you're a selfish enough person and an entitled enough person that you don't think chicken, you don't think farm animals, the food we eat, which, yeah, people may be vegetarian and have problems with the fact that we meet in the first place. And maybe the older I get, the more I can see what people are talking about. But for right now, I'm still a meat eater. I don't have the money to just all of a sudden be a vegan or a vegetarian. I don't have that luxury. That is very expensive, especially if you want to have a body like mine, which I'm not trying to make it seem like I have the best body in the world, but... I definitely do have a little bit of muscle on me and it does take protein or else being a vegetarian, eating only the best food and having the best supplements. And right now, especially with pandemic, that's not something I can afford and it's not something I want to figure out and it's not something I feel like I want to work on. But if you have to eat meat, the least we can do is treat the animals that we're going to eat with some sort of respect and let them have some sort of quality of life before we end up slaughtering them to eat them and that's the reality of it but gay people were so mad at the time so black people or people of color weren't supposed to celebrate obama chickens weren't supposed to celebrate the fact that they were going to be able to fully stretch out their wings which was part of it and the worst part about that one is i don't even think that one kicked in till some ridiculous amount of time later the the one for the farm animals they gave the farmers so much time to get their coops in order or however you would say that you know they gave them so much time to do that it, it was i know at least five years so it wasn't even something that kicked in right away it wasn't like no chickens don't have more rights than you do right now chickens have rights on the way and so you know i was i was mad at that entitlement was what i was mad at i i talked about the gay community yesterday on my clip with the one about tiffany trump and how 
a lot of times people to use the word tone deaf all the time. You want to know who's really tone deaf? The gay community is tone deaf in a lot of cases. The gay community is very tone deaf. Like when they were even fighting for gay marriage at that point, we had so much going on in the country. We had war going on, not in this country, but like we were dealing with the war. We were dealing with so many things when Obama, if you remember when Obama first got into office, we were dealing with a lot at that time. And gay people were like, I want to get married. And I'm like, shut up. Like, that's not the most important thing in the world right now. And I know maybe for some people that seemed pretty important because there were family members or spouses or not spouses at the time. There were domestic partners that were dying in hospitals alone at certain points or uh, people were getting swindled out of property by family members. So I can understand why gay marriage was somewhat important at the time. But in the scheme of things to me at that time, it just seemed like a really entitled and really tone deaf thing to be trying to make the focus of the entire country. And I think the entire country agreed with me at that time. That's why I ended up taking till 2013. And then my roommate, I ended up finding out later on because he told me was really just taking gay marriage so personally because he had been in this relationship with this person that was Mexican from Mexico and that it, he just felt like if that person because you know before I started living with him and I knew that they had been boyfriends or whatever but I didn't know the full extent of what he thought but the reason that his boyfriend ended up leaving was because he was illegal and he felt like eventually he was going to get taken anyway. So he went to a smaller town instead of staying in L.A. But they had had problems before that anyway. But my roommate had the idea that if they had just been able to get married, then it would have fixed their problems. And anybody that knows about the way relationships work, marriage isn't going to fix a broken relationship. It's just not. Even if that's going to keep the person in the country. Yeah, maybe they'll marry you for the security so that they can possibly get their green card or make it easier to get their green card. Maybe that'll happen and that'll prolong it, but that's not going to fix the relationship. And I hated to break it to him and I, I kind of left it alone, but it just felt like I don't think you really know how marriage works if that's what you think. And then it turned out that gay marriage became legal in 2013 and I hadn't been living with that roommate for at least four or five years and he had my parents address as a forward forwarding address and then he sent it sent me a wedding invitation which was just him being petty and trying to be like look we did get married after all as married now and then i felt like sending a message back and just being like you know yeah well make sure that you keep me just as informed for the divorce. I didn't though. I left it alone, but it really got on my nerves because it was like, I don't care about if you got married now to him and you're not proving anything to me. Technically, you're just going to prove my point because he's going to get what he needs off you and then he's going to hit it again. He's going to be gone. And I was right. They ended up getting divorced. And so and I don't hold any hard feelings towards this roommate or even the gay community in that way. But I just think a lot of times it's really tone deaf, the stuff that they want to make the major issues. You know, when it comes to LGBT, I've talked about the trans community quite a bit. And regular trans people are living their lives and doing what they're doing. But trans activists love to push this pronouns thing. And it's like, we're having a pandemic right now. 
A lot of the country isn't working. Nobody's worried about your pronouns. I hate to break it to you, but that's not the number one thing in the world right now. So if you're trying to make that a really big deal, nobody cares. Nobody's going to be on your side. Technically, you're going to lose people because people are just like, what is this bitch talking about? Cool, you're a woman. Be a woman. Be whatever the fuck you need to be. We've got real problems in this country right now. Over 200,000 people are dead. You keep telling me all this shit about masks and everything else, but then you want to talk about your pronouns at the same time? No, I don't care about your pronouns. I don't care about you wanting to make me cisgender, and I don't care about people wanting to make me Latinx. I don't care about any of the bullshit you're talking about. I just don't, and I'm not going to pretend to, and the rest of the country isn't going to humor you either. So you want to talk about tone deaf all the time and cancel people because people just don't get it no you don't get it you don't get the fact that not everything that you think should be paramount is going to be at the top of all of our lists that's just not the way life works that's not the way life works if you're gay straight trans male female whatever you are that's just not the way it works so why don't you get off everybody's back and stop pretending like everybody's supposed to bend over backwards do what is it you want at whatever time you want it to be done how about you accept that we have other things to worry about? People always remind me that I'm gay and that gay marriage, you know, that possibly Amy Cohen Barrett is going to overturn gay marriage. And Alito already said, Alito did not say that. What Alito said was he thought that the Supreme Court shouldn't have made that decision. He thought that that should have been decided by the states. And that's what he said. He didn't say he was going to overturn it. He didn't say he was going to try to overturn it. He didn't say they were going to revisit it. He just said that he thought the state should have decided it. And it was a bit overreaching that the Supreme Court ended up deciding it. And so it is what it is. But still, you'll see on news sites right now that Amy Cohen Barrett just can't wait to overturn gay marriage. Same with abortion. Like when people get overly excited about abortions, they're going to overturn Roe versus Wade. Well, maybe that's not the biggest thing on my mind right now. Even though I know I'm supposed to pretend and don't tell me my body, my choice, because if my body, my choice was really what we're going with, I wouldn't have to wear a mask. And yeah, you can disagree with me on whether or not we should wear a mask, but I can disagree with you on whether or not I think I should be able to decide what I'm able to do with my body. Well, you're risking other people. Fuck them. Maybe I don't care about other people all the time like that. I've already been very clear about that. So I wish people would stop throwing that in my face like it's some sort of card to play. Well, you don't care about other people. Okay, I admitted that. So where are we? How many times are we going to go over this? You remind me I don't care about people. I remind you, you're right, I don't care about people. But then for some reason, we still have to have the conversation. But to me, that's where the conversation should really end. Like, you care about people more than anything in the world, so you wear a mask. I care about people not so much, so I don't have to wear a mask. That's the way I feel about it, but you know what I do? Because I don't want to argue, because I just want to go through life the way that I need to go through life and get things done the way I need to get them done. I'm not trying to make anything the center of my life. I just wear a mask, which is the way I feel with some people when it comes to different things like gay marriage and abortion. Like, it, just sit it out for a minute. Just you can't win everything. It's just not the way it works. I don't want to have to completely submit to what it is you want and what it is you think we should be talking about. That's not the way my life works. And that's what gets on my nerves about cancel culture is cancel culture really is just a bunch of people putting their views on other people and acting like this is the way we're supposed to live. But those people are also the people that want the most freedom when it comes to the way that they live. 
You know, it's like you want to tell me that you are a woman the same as a genetic female. That's what you want to tell me. And you know what? I'm not going to argue with you, so I let you say whatever you want to say. Even though we both know facts and biology, science, which we all believe in science, right? Isn't that why I'm wearing a mask? Because we respect science. But we're not allowed to talk about the, your biology. Not allowed to talk about it. It's off limits, even though we respect science. I'm willing to go ahead and do that. But then you have to take it a f step further, and you're like, now you're a cisgender male. Well, why do I have to be a cisgender male? I've always just been a man or a male. Well, because it's insensitive trans men. Fuck them. If they're really supposed to be men, they can suck it up like the rest of us. You know, and then you want to tell women they're cisgender women. No, they're just women. They've always been women. Why do they have to be something new just because you're something new? I get it. You're something new. You're a trans woman. You're a new woman and i'm not being disrespectful but it is what it is you're you're a woman now so you're trans woman okay then why does she have to be a cis woman why can't she just be the same woman same bitch she's always been why can't why can't that be the way why can't she just be a woman well because it hurts my feelings well get used to it because if you don't know the history of women they're always getting fucked in this country why do you think they're always complaining you think that's all because of the heels fuck no it's not it's not just heels and pantyhose being a woman is bullshit and if you didn't know that you haven't been paying attention to women you haven't studied them enough to be one and i love women that's the other thing that gets me you know some people tell me you clearly hate women why why would you say that i hate women because i don't agree with the new bullshit version of feminism i have friends that have been feminists forever since the 70s i'm not that old i wasn't around in the 70s like that i mean like born yes but not like that i wasn't around in the 70s i wasn't i never witnessed a bitch burn a bra it, you know i wasn't in college i wasn't you get what i'm saying why are we trying to narrow down my age on this episode i'm not down with what's happening right now but i'm gonna continue because it's kind of fun but the thing is, I know feminists that have been feminists forever, and they're cool. They're the most chill people I know. They're the most comfortable, but they also have boundaries, and they're also willing to educate you, and they're also willing to help you out if you have questions about what feminism is, and they're supportive of women. And a lot of them have told me, I don't understand what the young girls are doing. I just don't. I don't get it. And that's the way I come at it because I know actual old school feminists that were in the fight that were really in burning bra burning bitches i know those types but because i don't respect new school feminism third wave feminism i believe unless there's been another wave that i don't know about but i believe it's still considered third wave feminism which has died down because everybody's realized that these bitches are ridiculous and it's like i'm just not doing it with you you got a little too carried away but then they get mad at me you know, and they're like, you hate women. No, I really don't hate women. I was raised by my mother because my dad had to work all the time. And I only had sisters. So it was just my mom, me, and my three sisters. My dad was home in the evening. And he did his best, but he wasn't a huge influence in my young life he was gone all the time he worked long hours sometimes he'd have to go away on business so that's what my life has been i've been influenced by women my entire life that's where i'm more comfortable women have always taken care of me being a young gay boy and I wasn't able to be out, but I knew I was gay. I knew I was different. The girls always took care of me. So why would I hate women? 
I feel closer to women than I do anybody else. But instead, because I'm not going with all your bullshit, you hate women. Oh, really? Is that why I have so many guy friends that technically I like their girlfriends more than I like them? Which I guess I shouldn't say that, and I hope none of my guy friends are taking that personally. But cat's out of the bag. I like your bitch more than I like you. It's just what it is. So get over it. You shouldn't have asked. Nobody asked. Nobody asked for any of this. This is one of those where the internet would be like, nobody. Absolutely nobody. And then it's just me ranting about trans people and feminism. <laughs> I had fun this episode. You know what? I think I think we've kind of covered it. But yeah, that's why I don't care about cancel culture, all that shit. Because we evolved the way we evolve. We express ourselves the way we express ourselves. And a lot of times the people that want the most respect give the least respect. And a lot of times the people that call the rest of us tone deaf are the most tone deaf people in the world. And that's where I'll leave it. So, everybody, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Unbothered by Ty Rivera. I feel so much better about everything. I am going to have a good laugh when I think about some of the stupidity that I just said and while I'm editing this episode. But I appreciate you guys so much for putting up with me. Whatever you do, ladies and gentlemen, stay unbothered.